Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. Welcome to Pilot Boys episode 117. This is our first episode since uh, the college football season ended. You know, our hearts are, are a little broken, I think, V. Yeah, it's, it's football season is coming to an end. At least we have uh, the playoffs to look forward to. And the playoffs were kind of even a letdown this past weekend because <laughs> all the games were pretty much blowouts after the final week of the season. We thought we were going to see a competitive playoffs. Hopefully, hopefully that 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 uh, still occurs in these next few games. But uh, yeah, definitely missing college football right now. Definitely. And, you know, our our. Cincinnati Bengals, you know, the the other Ohio team. Um, it seems to be still alive in the playoffs. You know, we'll see how long they go, but it is nice to still have an Ohio team to root for out here. Yeah, I mean, we we are talking about it over text this weekend about how uh as a diehard Browns fan, uh it might be coming time to uh to change loyalties over to those those Bengals. It might be just Joe Burrow is really hard not to like. Yeah, I mean, and pretty much if you look at that team as an Ohio State fan, they have Sam Hubbard, Von Bell, Eli Apple. Um, believe on the starting offensive lineman is a Buckeye, and then Joe Burrow is basically like um, he's the, a Buc- the, <laughs> the Buckeye he's a Bengals. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And you know what's what's interesting too is I'm hearing around the league that. Free agents are choosing Cincinnati because of Burrow specifically. Words getting out, you know, Cincinnati has a real player at quarterback, somebody who can carry them to a Super Bowl with his level of play, his aptitude for the game. And he's young, he's athletic, he's fit, he's strong, you know, and he he brings a great attitude to the team. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's not just Burrow. I think it's um, you got to give some credit to the head coach there and, and the ownership for sticking with that head coach in the day and era of everybody getting fired after one year. They stuck with him. They got Burrow. But in addition to that, they they signed some veterans um, with with attitudes. Like I, I personally know Von Bell and Eli Apple. They are, even from their Ohio State days, same with Sam Hubbard. These guys are leaders um, and, and they know how to create a culture um that is a winning culture and i think the combination of obviously burrow the coach some adding some veteran pieces to the locker room there's something really unique brewing in cincinnati um and it's exciting to watch absolutely absolutely so you know in other news we just took a little trip to vegas you know you gotta you gotta pop in and out of there every once in a while if you do anything in the business realm because almost every conference is in Vegas one year or yeah. another, and uh, we met with some of our some of our international team members who we had not yet had the chance to meet. And I think for both of us, upon reflection, it was such an amazing moment to have. Like, yeah, it reminded me of what it used to be like to do business, where you have these in person relationships, you get to hang out together, and more importantly, you party together. And it's like through this, you know, blowing off steam at the end of a long day of work together. That's where really, really deep relationships form. And, you know, for me, it's like everybody I met pre-COVID, I feel like 
even if I haven't talked to him for a couple of years, I feel like those relationships run really deep, at least the ones that, you know, have put in any reasonable amount of effort to, to maintain, right? Just to say, hey, how you doing? Just sending you good vibes or even that, you know, those people I still feel, feel deep connection with. And I feel that many of the folks I met during COVID, you know, may have had Zoom calls with them. It's, you know, it's it's harder to feel that same sense of, loyalty and passion for their lives and their careers that you feel with people you meet in person yeah there's there's a couple things here you know and as as media pushes us more and more and digital media specifically pushes us more and more into the thing into phrases like the metaverse it's a reminder we actually had the conversation the night before we actually met clemens about um the unique challenges that happen. Obviously, it's great that technology is advancing and we're able to do Zoom calls and have digital meetings and have, you know, digital workspaces as well, right? We, we call ours the office sim uh, here at Lasso, but it's just not the same, right? Like, it's there is something to be said. You cannot have the same personal touch point. Um, even in terms of the type of conversations, or maybe some people can, the type of conversations that you can have looking at somebody in their face, in their eyes, versus having to look at them on a screen, very, very, very different. I don't know exactly how to describe the difference. It's something you feel, um, feel the difference of. And I think this week was a reminder when we met with our international distributors, it, it they became more than that face on the screen. Um, and we were able to have real genuine interaction, um, not just for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however long the meeting is, but let's just take time out and spend some time together today and learn more about each other. I don't see how that happens through a Zoom call. Maybe you can through, you know, workshops and stuff like that, but it's just not... It, it, I just don't think that's something that can be replicated. And quite frankly, in the business world, it is very important to look at your partners and the people you work with in their eyes so that you can sense what type of person you're dealing with. Do they feel real to you? Are they genuine? How do they interact? Can you you observe their behaviors? There's so much that you get. More you get from seeing how somebody is in the real world than you can ever get observing somebody through this screen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in in the business ecosystem we have, you know, because our economy's been propped up with so much so much money being pumped into it, it's easy to think that work from home is working because you're seeing company yeah. valuations go up, you're seeing companies grow in a work from home format, you're seeing, you know, in general that I I remember uh, I, I, this was probably something I bitched about on the podcast because this really fucking got under my skin. But there was this guy at some event I was doing. It was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And they like did a poll. They went around the room. They're like, yeah, do you guys think, you know, work from home is it? Or do you think offices are the future? And I was like, offices, hands down, because work from home, you just don't get that personal connection. And I knew it then how valuable it was. And this dude just like totally shat on me that day in the room. And I, that's why I took it so personally. I was just like, bro, like there's absolutely no argument that I feel can be made for work from home over an office. And I think we're seeing why we're seeing lack of accountability in the workplace. We're seeing 
labor shortages. We're seeing poor attitude from employees across the board in every industry. You know, we're significantly affected by it uh, in our business just because of industries like manufacturing, warehousing, supply chain. These are industries where, you know, jobs are, yeah, relatively like difficult, right? They, they require, you know, some work and some energy. And when you're seeing the economy not really honest to the true situation that's going on in the world from a numerical standpoint, it's easy to think that work from home is a big success and that we can all start online businesses and trade NFTs and do that for a living. But the reality is that these markets and the fluctuations we're seeing are a byproduct of the way that we're living. But as time progresses, there is a greatening disconnect, an increasing disconnect between what is real in our lives and the value that we've put on these digital things. Yeah, it's uh, it, it applies. It's funny how much it applies to business um, in the in the sense that um, we've been interacting with this um, international distributor for a little over a year now, um, close to a year. But until we actually had that interaction, we were uncertain of how strong that relationship would be or the potential of that relationship. But through that interaction, through one day of interaction, both work and, you know, we spent some social time together as well. We were able to see that we were aligned um, more, not just from a business standpoint. I think this is something that people need to understand about building a business and building a uh, a business that has staying power. It is grounded in relationships. It is grounded in culture. It is grounded in alignment. You, it doesn't matter how much value uh, someone could potentially provide you, but if, if your cultures aren't in alignment, your views aren't in alignment, and your business principles aren't in alignment, you're not going to have a, a fruitful relationship. It might be in the short term, but long term, if you want long term sustainability, these are the things that are more important. You know, one of my mentors um, has a famous saying that says, you don't do business with a lot of people. You do business with the same people a lot of times. And that's always stuck with me is, and that's why the personal interactions and relationships are important. It's not because you can, you can obviously know a lot more people through LinkedIn. You can know a lot more people through Instagram, but what you can't do is build real authentic relationships. We have this kind of culture now, which is more is more. I can meet anyone on LinkedIn. I can reach out to the CEO of any company I want. But as you know, you told a story this week. Does that what does that do for the kid who wants to meet someone and actually has a challenge to overcome to get there, right? Sitting outside their office calling their secretary a hundred times, just waiting. Like what happens to all of that if you can just send a message on LinkedIn a hundred times and think that you are putting the effort forth? Yeah, and I, that's a great point. I think it it creates a situation where we can feel like we're putting in work to do something, but really like just hitting up somebody digitally can be a way we make excuses for lack of action on our part. It feels like action, but is it really is it really action, you know? And I think we have this challenge and I think I think it's a pretty universal when I talk to other founders when you manage employees. 
it's it's hard for people to self-manage you know work from home is is not a this is not a personal thing either like everybody struggles with this but when you're by yourself it is hard to stay accountable and to get things done and when you're you know super super passionate about something and that's what you've built your life around that that's then it's easier right but when you're working a job for a company why would you you know work yourself as hard as you know the the kind of like social pressure but also the kind of camaraderie you feel when you're with a team in the office every day where you guys you know go out to lunch together sometimes you grab a coffee or you talk trash or you know even argue like arguments and like seeing different points of view it was like it was refreshing to spend time around people in just a real and meaningful way and i think the value of professional networking is you meet so many people who are so different and you say oh wow we're really different but let's set all that aside and come together for one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, there's, as you pointed out earlier, when you're talking about, you know, the system being propped up and, and financial results of many companies being better through this work from home. Yes. You know, there's always can be a short term bump. Right. And it's also about. How do you, what do you value and how do you value things with automation continuing? Most things can be automated right now for most companies, right? The need for thousands of employees, unless you're in a manufacturing type of business, many companies don't need to employ as many people as they used to 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But the question that we have to ask as human beings is, what is the price for that? Because at the end of the day, we are automating to make human life easier. That is at least what we are being told. But there is this kind of weird idea that is it making it better, though? What is it a better system in which more mistakes happen because of human error um, and more problems are solved because of human error? Or is it better to just eliminate, get into get to the point where problems get eliminated by technology and everything that we're looking at making everything easier but then when challenges do present themselves this is what i just find with people who grew up with all the tech they needed grew up with google and didn't have to go to a library to to go research a paper i just feel like when challenges are presented to these people it's more difficult it's not their fault but it's just by virtue of how they were developed and Absolutely. the fallout then is, is the human condition better or worse? You know, if, if all we do is trade NFTs and people don't have to work, everything is, everything they do is through their computer. That's, that's a real question. Yeah. And, you know, to add to that, it's, it's not only these risks that we take on by participating heavily in this digital ecosystem, but there's a shift of accountability that happens mm-hmm. when we lean into a digital ecosystem and that shift is toward individual accountability and that you know i think is what a lot of people struggle with is that yep. many people have not built the habits to have their shit together on a day-to-day basis and be able to drive toward goals and it's not it's not because they don't want that and i think that's where a lot of people go wrong on this people are not inherently lazy and they don't want to be unproductive they just struggle with things and having friends around having people around allows others 
to identify your own shortcomings from having a third party perspective. And that's a big thing that we miss out on is the fact that like when I'm in the office next to somebody and we're doing email together, hanging out, chatting, and I look over, I can just say, oh, look, you're doing that wrong. Use this tool. It'll make your life a hundred times easier. Right. Mm. And that whole element is gone now. And I don't think that we as a society realize how impactful these little micro things that happen when we spend physical proximity with each other, these, these do add up and, you know, we're going to start to feel the cost eventually. Yeah. And, you know, there's another word, you know, that we talk about a lot in America. It's probably the, the most important word in our country, freedom, right? And, and I'm going to tie that to self-awareness and, and attaching it to human beings in general. A lot of the issues that we have are a result of the fact that we have unfiltered freedoms in this country. Um, there is a, a idea that, hey, I want to be free to do what I want to do. But the reality is human beings, when it comes to freedom and you attach that to productivity, which is also important to sustain culture and sustain your society, that freedom actually becomes a crutch. Um, like I get to work from home now, right? But the reality is, is that your nature is to not want to work for most people. So when you are presented with that forbidden fruit of freedom, right? You choose to use, the, most people use that freedom and they become less productive. And you think about that and you say, Okay, to to if if you care about self-preservation, you should realize, hey, I need to be more productive. But that's exactly what freedom does to society is it allows us to become lazy. It doesn't it's just we can argue this point over and over, but most human beings unless they really are passionate like you said earlier about what they're doing, they need motivation. They can't handle freedom. Just yeah. And that's the truth of it is that there is a heavy responsibility. We always say on this podcast, there's a price with every outcome. There's a price for freedom. And the price is that you have a lot more accountability, a lot more responsibility. And, you know, if you don't do it, I think in today's ecosystem, let's say you have now the freedom of work from home. Your your price that you pay for not having accountability is far more severe than it would have been in the workplace because in the workplace you can only go that way for a short amount of time. Yeah, in the work from home environment, you can go off track for a much longer amount of time before you're detected, and for that reason, the consequences are much much more severe and significant not only for you but for the people your you know your your colleagues or your friends or for whomever you are, you know, living or working alongside. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then, you know, the other aspect of it is is the reality of the mental health aspect of not interacting and feeling real energy of your business. Where we, you know, it's this hokey thing that you talk about. We talk about energy and presence, but you know, a group of people sitting in a room together with positive energy in the room, you accomplish quite a bit. Now, can you have that same 
positive energy or workflow on a Zoom call with four of your employees? Some may say yes, you know, but many more would probably say no, you know, and the drain that that starts to have on your mental health, everything shows that people are getting in more conflicts in their personal lives because there isn't that separation between personal and professional happening as much. So now you have this challenge going on again between how do I manage both my professional life and my personal life. Whereas if you were going to, you had to go to the office for eight hours, then that confusion would be far less because everybody in your personal life would understand, Hey, he's at work. But when you're working from home, your mom feels like they can call you anytime. Your girlfriend or wife or children, everybody feel anybody in your personal life feels and knows that they have access to you in that space as well. And so that's, you know, that's the other part of this is that from a mental health standpoint as a society, we have not been trained to do the work to be personal, personally accountable and personally responsible. That's not how our education system works. That's not how any aspect of our society was built. And with the technological advances, they did not put enough weight into understanding that, okay, if we're going to shift toward this type of culture, then we have to shift how we train and how we educate the human beings that have to live in this culture. And I don't think that that work is is being done. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is typical of most major advancements or changes in society as well. Like as we progress, as we change and evolve, new problems emerge every single day. And so there's a period of time where we don't really acknowledge and we're not aware of these problems. And then eventually, you know, the pain, the pains from these problems builds to a point where we, we all say, okay, this is getting a little out of hand, right? Like the labor shortage is one of these, one of these issues where, you know, if you're involved in manufacturing at all, at least in the sector that weren't in apparel, uh, manufacturing jobs are plenty in the United States and they are very, very underfilled. And the quality of labor in terms of how hard people want to work, the level of focus uh, isn't really there. And you see a lot of, of effects of that. But as a consumer, if you go shopping, the quality of your products is lower. The availability of products mm-hmm. is lower. Uh, if you have pride in wanting manufacturing in America as a country, well, we're losing it. You know, companies are starting, some companies shifted in because of the shipping issues at the borders, but the companies that have shifted in are also shifting back out of the country because the quality of labor and the quality of product here is just not as good. And we're in an era where very, very few people are getting concentrated amounts of wealth through, you know, we were all on this made in America wave. And, you know, now China, due to the way that they run their country, likely will be the best manufacturing solution. Really, Asia will be over the coming years. And it's because of the cultural gap that we've created in this country due to a lot of what COVID has caused. And, you know, I think People in the industry see these things. People in business see these things. But I don't think as a population that we spend enough time thinking or talking about the risks of these changes. You know, media is so concerned with getting you to vote one way or another 
that they're not informing you that these problems are happening and that because of these labor shortages and because of the way that we are approaching the concept of work in our society and our culture, that um, it may risk, you know, what we're building here as a country, a place yeah. for freedom and tolerance and diversity. And, you know, we have many, many more problems that will emerge over time. And so, you know, this is something to keep an eye on is how is the change in the work environment and the change in the professional environment affecting you on a day-to-day -day basis? And do you notice it? And what does that mean if that's not just happening to you? You know, what if it's happening to everyone like you all over the country? And chances are it is. Yeah, it is. And, you know, this pandemic has definitely shifted even in at such a rapid pace, um, the disparity between the rich, really rich, and working class. If you were wealthy, you probably doubled your wealth in the last couple of years, right? But if you were middle class or working class, yes, you were supplemented for some time to the benefits that were paid out to continue to prop up the system. But now you have a real question to ask as those benefits are, are drying up. Um, what do I need to do to preserve my career and the career for my family and the ability to actually move upwards? Because as the automation happens, it's up to you. And this is just being frank. If you're not fighting for your right to continue to have a role in a space in the society and you're letting the letting society dictate it to you, you're probably not going to have jobs in 10, 15 years. And that's where wanting to work is very important and, and creating a culture in which you do self-sustain or create an environment where the middle class can continue to exist. A lot of that does follow on policy, but a lot of that also follows on the idea of, so if you're not fighting for your own rights, you're not going, they're not going to be kept, you yeah. know? And, you know, that's that's the sad reality of this culture that we've seen emerge, which is this passive income culture that built over the last few years. I want many income streams. I want to do zero work. I want to just be able to pay all my bills and spend all my time on the beach. Right. Yeah. That's just that's not it. You'll be empty if you live that life because nobody wants to sit around on the beach every day because guess what? You'll be alone on the beach because <laughs> everyone else will be doing something. Yeah. It's just just. It's just not it. And I think it's really, really important to stop caring so much about money and start focusing a lot more on purpose in your life. Yep. I think that's that's the takeaway. Purpose and then also building meaningful relationships is is the one thing that I will add to that. It is very empty if you do not have meaningful relationships in your life and all of your relationships are superficial. Um very superficially driven. Um, and I think that that's also what we're seeing now is the number of relationships people have is expanding. The number of people we all know is expanding, but that's coming at the cost of meaningful, real relationships with real people. It's better to have a few friends, a few good business partners than it is to have thousands of friends and thousands of followers. And, you know, uh, uh, a million contacts on LinkedIn, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think 
when we when we really look at this time, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it's going to be one of the major moments in society. And it's funny because it's it's not something I realized when I was growing up. But you, you grow up, you hear about all the wars in the past. You hear about all this stuff and it feels like history. It feels like, OK, well, today's different. Today's the modern age. But we are living through history. And oftentimes we don't take things seriously until they're really, really severe. And then we acknowledge, okay, this is a big deal. And, oh, you know, one of those major issues is climate change in our society. For example, we're we're really screwing things up on that yeah. front, right? But this is this is another one. This is another one of those things that, if we let the problem get too big, it'll be something our future generations look back at and say, "What the heck were you guys doing?" Just like we talk about Social Security and we talk about how we've completely cr- like crumbled the retirement structure of this country over the last you know, 40 years, we look up a generation, we say, okay, you guys fucked that up. And, you know, what, what are we going to be responsible for? What's going to be our big fuck up, right? And it's like, we have to have that thinking every day that as a generation, we have responsibility to the society to make sure that it is well kept for the next generation, it is functioning, and it is healthy, and the values are progressing, we do a great job addressing civil rights and so civil liberties, but there's a professional responsibility we have as well to make sure that there is a way for people to live a life of abundance in this country. Yes. Yes, there is. And, you know, abundance is not, <laughs> like you said, having isn't always having $20 million in your bank account. Abundance can be having a roof over your head, uh, having enough money to get food on the table um, and enjoy the company of the people that you keep. It doesn't, it's not all related to how big your, you can make your bank account. Absolutely. That's that, that phrase that's been trending last few years. Everyone's like, Oh, I want fuck you money or I want to be a billionaire. It's like, why? So you can stop working. That's like, it should never be the goal for you to stop participating in society. Like that's a problem with you if that's your goal. Yeah. And the, the, the funny thing about a lot of those people who say that on the other side of their mouth, they talk about how much they hate the billionaires. They're getting so rich. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But I want to be just like them. <laughs> I hate those guys, but really I am one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that note, I think we've, we've come to another the end of another episode the, the takeaway is get out there stay moving be you interact with people let them feel you um and and remember just to just to get out there man and 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 don't take for granted um obviously taking precautions due to a pandemic going on um but just make sure you you don't lose track of having meaningful interactions both in the business business and personal worlds that you live in yeah unplug get out stay moving pilot boys out